This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Starting things out, we go right to the phones and the fun. And we'll talk to Marcus in New Jersey on the amp line. Hello, Marcus. Hi, guys. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I wanted to tell you a story about how in uh, the town where my father lives, uh, they are getting rid of their police department in really? that town. That's a okay. pretty yeah. big move. How many people live there? The town has a population of around 5,000. That's pretty it, big for a town. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really big area, actually, the town. it's And believe it or not, this is in New Jersey, uh, but it's in the woods of New Jersey, uh, mm-hmm. close to Pennsylvania and New York State. Um, gotcha. And my father is actually on the township committee, so not only is are they getting rid of the town uh, police, but he is one of the people that voted to get rid of the police department. Interesting. What and what was it that uh, I guess precipitated this? What what came before? Well, it was a pretty uh, long and drawn out process that kind of got him to that point of getting rid of the police. But just to give you a brief uh, history, my father was on the township committee in the late 80s and early 90s, and then he he was done with that. And then some other people got into, you know, into the committee. And then in the to the 2000s, uh, there was some people in there that were really wanted to build the police department up. And they put out on the ballot uh, questions, two questions. Uh, one, do uh, the people want to get rid of the police department? And number two, did they want to make the police department larger? So people voted that they wanted to keep the police, but people voted that they did not want it to be larger. So, of course, uh, this gentleman and his other friends in the committee at the time, of course, went against that and made the police department bigger. Nice. (laughs) Right. That's how it goes. That's exactly how it goes. We've been given a mandate from the voters. Uh, You know, they they elected me for a reason, and that reason must be to grow the police department. And and it was just a vocal minority that came in and voted this particular time. And I, you know, I I, I need to keep the citizens of wherever safe. Right. Um, So while they were busy planning to make the police department bigger, they, uh, you know, they went into all the, the savings that the town had. Um, you know, they had actually, you know, saved up quite a bit, and they spent that building a park that people didn't want, um, and and basically just went 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 wild spending money. Um, it, it got to a point that it was so bad um, that the town was actively looking to um, push this guy out of the the township committee. That that um, they were ready to, you know, they had all the signatures from people in town. They were going to throw him out, uh, so he resigned. Because he he saw the writing on the wall, mm-hmm. and that's when the you know the the politicians uh, above them uh, called my father and said, "Hey, we have this open spot, and we'd like you to just step in and fill that spot." Uh, so we did, and th- this was a little while ago now. Then he went through a couple of elections, um, and but as soon as he got in there, he saw that the police department that they had they couldn't afford it uh, because what had happened was. They had so many police on, they were all had these PBA contracts where they got, you know, these uh, increases in their pay was at 10% and more per year. Wow. Um, and last year, they were so tight that they gave everybody else that worked for the town got no raises, but the police had to get their raises because it was the PBA contract. 
A PBA being Police Benevolent Association? Yes. Uh, yeah, Nothing that's... benevolent about those folks. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, so my father got in there and he saw, he was like, well, we can't afford the police, you know. And so he started campaigning, basically kind of letting people know, uh, you know, hey, look, this is a problem and we really got to look into it. You know, I mean, my my dad, you know, basically looked at it and he, he knew what it was, but he had to convince other people of what, what, what he saw was that they couldn't afford the police. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, the the police kind of saw that he was saying that, and I I, I think, and, and this is just my opinion, that they were uh, kind of targeting my dad and, you know, not liking no. what he was saying. No. <laughs> How would they target him? <laughs> right. In what, so, in what ways would they target him? Well, there was a couple of elections going on, because when he stepped into this, it was like, you know, he had to... This has been going on for a little while, so there was a, a few elections, and there was people running against my dad when he was actually in the election now. Um, so the guys that were running against him and, and some of the other guys were very pro-police. So you had the, basically mm-hmm. your pro-police and then the more or less anti-police, I guess you could call them. Um, you know, even though my father was not anti-police when he was in previously, but it was just a, a money issue, you know? Um, right. So the guys that were running against them actually were like buddy buddy with the police chief, and sure. the um, some people in town uh, they they had actually used to have full time police and they cut it down to part time so they were only half a day, and so the the half that the police weren't on the state police had to come in and the state police tried to stick up for the local police and basically refused to come in and patrol the town but it was their, that was their duty to come in hmm. uh but so they're just while, trying to keep you safe right exactly so um so the town was kind of fighting that battle and people had these bumper stickers on their car and uh that said uh you know the town and the, the state police are perf- perfect together you know which was kind of to say like hey we want the state police in here we like them but it was also a little bit to say like we don't really need town police yes um, so the town police started going around taking photos of vehicles that had these bumper stickers on them. Uh, they were stopping in front of people's houses that had the bumper sticker and photographing the cars. And That's not um, intimidating. No, not at all. And my dad happened to have a bumper sticker, of course, on his vehicle. So they were taking pictures of his car. And so he was trying to find out why they were doing that, you know, and uh, getting no answers. Um, my, my father is, is married and his wife has a house in Pennsylvania, the next state over. And she actually works at the office of the community where that house is. And the guy who was running against my father one day just showed up there and he showed up and he's like, Oh, my friend Joe asked me to come out and look at this place. And she's like, well, who are you? You know, is is Joe your dad's name? Yeah, Joe okay. is my dad. So so this guy shows up all asking, can you tell me where this address, this house is? And he's talking to my dad's wife. He's asking for her house, you know. Mm. She's like, who are you? Oh, I'm Joe's friend. And turns out it's the guy running against my dad. Interesting. <laughs> so how did he get this address, you know, of their house? So, of course, that was a big to-do. And, you know, it's possible that they ran the plates and, uh, you know, found the, that address. You know, and this guy went out there to do who knows what. Um, so, you know, it, it, there, there was lots of lots of things like that going on, I suppose. And uh, 
So maybe they so thought they, uh, maybe the cops thought that your dad was living out there, and that if they could prove he was living there, uh, that he would be invalid to run for the office, the political office. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that they were looking for for something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, basically, it culminated in you know, uh, so you know, the election went, and, and my dad and the other people who were basically saying, you know, they were more or less the saying we can't afford the police. They they won, and then they had an uh, a vote. To basically, uh, they had to, and a lot of people from town showed up, and basically all the people that showed up at, at the vote were people that wanted to keep the police because at this point it was very well known that well all the people that won the election basically said that you know that the police were too expensive, mm-hmm. and so the the people that wanted to keep the police came out and they cried and and all this. Um, but it, it was very interesting because when when they let people from the town speak on behalf of keeping the police. And the things that they would say generally were like, I'll pay whatever it takes. And of course, what they meant is I'll pay as long as everybody else is forced right. to pay whatever it takes. <laughs> um, so they voted because the, and, and basically passed an ordinance to, um, you know, to dismantle the police department because they could not afford it. And the, Currently, so wait a minute, I thought you said everybody that came out to vote was pro-police. Well, they weren't actually voting. They were. I'm sorry, they, the people that came out were pro-police. They were basically just showing up to voice their concerns while the while the committee voted. Um, but And so the committee no, but, was uh, included people like your dad who were elected for the purposes, hopefully, of getting rid of the police? Yes. I want to continue. I'm sure there's more to this story, right? Sure. Hang on, more with Marcus here in moments. Uh, town in New Jersey, apparently... Eliminating their police department, and uh, that's very interesting. We'll find out more here in moments. Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live. And sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features free, so enjoy those on us, including our bulletin board system. You can go and get interactive with a bunch of other Free Talk Live listeners. Over 500,000 posts await you. bbs.freetalklive.com will get you to it. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. There are a lot of reasons to look forward to the Libertarian Party National Convention. You'll meet new friends and allies and have great conversations that run late into the night. Most importantly... You'll help restore principle to the party. See why the LP is worth saving it. TakeBackTheLP.info. It's TakeBackTheLP.info. As we continue, Marcus is on the line in New Jersey telling us uh, an interesting story that apparently has just developed. What is the township called that this is happen- in which this is happening? Uh, it's Stillwater. Still, and so in Stillwater, New Jersey, you're saying just recently they've decided to get rid of the entire police department. That's right. Okay, so so the decision was made. The police supporters came out to uh, lobby in favor of it, but yet the uh, the township, whatever they're called, uh, what are they, uh, councilors? Right, the township or, committee. Committee. They decided to get rid of the police department. Then what? 
Right. So um, just a, a little little bit more of, of trying to give you a little backstory, too, of the, the spending, uh, what went on, which was just very interesting, was um, since my father had been in the township committee back in the 80s and 90s, they had, uh, they had you know, one of the things they had done was they instituted like a road program where they would ma- maintain the roads and uh, they would basically resurface every road you know, once every five years, and they would just do a fifth of the roads every year. So each year they were working on the roads just to keep them maintained, and they, this way they would save money by the roads not falling apart. So um, when these guys came in who made the police department bigger and full-time and everything, to one of the other things that they did to pay for the police was to just, well, stop maintaining the roads. Because oh, man. We can use that money for the police, you know? Um, so, of course, that was uh, another one of just the, you know, the myriad of things that they did to pay for more police and uh, less of everything else. Um, so, yeah, so basically it just culminated in this uh, situation where they could not afford the police. They were all on uh, PBA contracts, police uh, police contracts, and um, they they had an election, and during the election, they basically ran on the platform of, hey, we can't afford the police. Uh, there were some other guys that ran on the platform of, we want to make the police bigger and better, and, and those people lost. So, you know, it came to time for them to actually do the vote, the official vote where they would vote on, you know, um, either keeping or, or getting rid of the police department. Uh, at this point, everybody in town knew what the vote was going to be. Um, so the people who didn't didn't really care for the police didn't really come out for the most part mm-hmm. because they had already voted and their people won and um, they didn't come out. But they the, took care of know, that problem already. So why go out and waste one's evening, uh, you know, going to some town committee meeting? Exactly. Um, so since it was a sensitive issue, they let the citizens talk, you know, during the the this uh the meeting and and so a lot of pro police people came out a lot of policemen came out from other towns and mm-hmm. from the, you know that town and they all stood in the back and the thin blue looked, line looked coming menacing. out yeah <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know the, as you said previously that uh, you know the people got up and we'll pay whatever it takes to keep the police here in in uh, stillwater we'll do whatever it takes they should have set up a, fa- a fund well great we'll set up a fund you guys can contribute to it and then uh, you know you'll you'll make up whatever the shortfall is here Right. I I, uh, I made a comment, actually, to my father after the fact. Uh, I didn't get up and speak at the meeting, and he told me I should have. And I said, you kidding me? You're in enough hot water over here. I'm not going to come in and get everything stirred up. I don't live there, you know. But I, I said uh, that, yeah, you know, nobody showed up at the meeting saying, hey, we got together and we've gathered up extra money and, you know, we're here to save the police. They all sure. just showed up and asked for higher taxes, basically. Yep. And which was very interesting because the there's actually a state law that prevents the town from actually increasing the tax over a certain percentage. So even by their own constraints, they actually couldn't in- increase the tax uh, so, as much as these people wanted. When did this go down? I, I'm just looking at the uh, the Wikipedia article on Stillwater Township in New Jersey, and it, it claims there's still a police department there. So was this like this week? Well. No, the, the, they they actually currently still have a police department because it's not like, oh, we vote and then kick them out the door the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the policemen saw this coming and actually were leaving, getting jobs elsewhere. Uh, currently, they only have 
the police chief left, and then they just have some uh, some like they call them specials, some people that they hired to fill to temporarily fill the spots of the the um, contracted police that that have already left. So all the police have actually already left. Um, the, this vote actually happened, I think, in November. So what's the timetable like? I mean, when is the department actually going to be shut down? Um, they, you know, like any bureaucracy, they, they don't have that yet. Um, but they're, you know, but it's happening. Um, hmm. And, and uh, they're, like I said, they're just left with the police chief right now. So there's so. not a deadline? There's no... No, it, it, it's very interesting. The, the vote that they had that day was uh, a vote to decide to get rid of the police department, but it was like, it wasn't actually the vote to say, okay, this is how we're closing it. It was just a vote hmm. to say... We're, we're going we're gonna to plan to get rid of the police department. But effectively, there's nobody uh, tooling around in uh, Stillwater police cars, right, uh, as of this moment? Well, there's um, there's the, the police chief. Just who, the chief. Uh, and there are, like, two, I think they have two specials, um, which are just, like, these guys that are not under contract. That'll They're maybe retired police officers mm-hmm. that they hire just to fill in until, uh, you know, until this is all over with. Um, well, it's then, very interesting. So you'll have to let us know if uh, if all of a sudden crime bursts out uh, there in, in Stillwater. Right. Yeah that that was a that was a big part of it. A lot of people cried about how much crime there would be, and uh, but they already had a part time police department, and uh, the crime was was pretty low. So okay. Uh, but I thought you'd find it interesting that here it can uh, be done. A, a way for a town to actually get rid of their police department was by spending too much. <laughs> It's very interesting, and, and how interesting that it was the police department that was, uh, the, the you know, the portion of the government to go, because normally that's one of the big scary things, as you pointed out. People try to come out and uh, stir up the fear about the, the potential for crime. But the costs, real, and when it comes to municipal government, the cost is really uh, all built into personnel, and police, police departments are necessarily very personnel intensive. Yes. Well, thanks for sharing that, and let us know how things uh, continue to develop down there, would, uh, would you? I sure will. Thanks, Marcus. Appreciate the, the story tonight at 800-259-9231. So that's kind of a positive story that that it is possible to uh, to get rid of the government police department. Now, I'm not saying that one should have no way of protecting oneself. I think that having voluntary alternatives uh, to coercive police would be fine. Like you said, Mark, if people appreciate the, uh, the police department and their efforts, then surely they'll voluntarily uh, decide to fund it. Well, I, I think that, um, you know, also there's a lot of redundancy, uh, it seems like, when it comes to police departments. Uh, in this case, there's the county, there's the state, there's, the, um, you know, the, the city, and you know, they, they spend a lot of money on this. And, and essentially, for a lot of these towns, all the cops end up doing is giving tickets to the local residents. Yep, that's right. It's revenue generation. More coming up here, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Coming up. Apparently, South Carolina demanding that so-called subversive subversive groups register with the state. Mark's going to tell us about that in moments. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752.
This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves simply by dialing in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive there. wiki.freetalklive.com. And I want to tell you about your opportunity to come on up here to New Hampshire, get to know some of these uh, great liberty-oriented activists that have made the move and some of them, of course, are still planning to make the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. The Free State Project has almost reached 10,000 of its targeted 20,000 membership goal. And many hundreds of those 10,000 will be at the Liberty Forum coming up in March, March, uh, March 18th through the 21st. Lots of great speakers, uh, people like Andrew Napolitano. You might know him as the judge from Fox News. Also, uh, great folks like Jason Talley and Pete Ayer from the Motorhome Diaries and uh, uh, so many more. William Norman Grigg from LouRockwell.com. You can get the full list, or at least the current list of speakers. There will be more added. And until they do flesh out the full list of speakers, you'll be able to get early an early bird discount at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Even if you can't get the early bird discount, if you wait too long, you can always use the Free Talk Lab discount code anytime to get 10% off, which is FTL. So the discount code for Free Talk Live is FTL. And Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live from the entire event. So looking forward to seeing you there. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Coming up, Luther's going to tell us about uh, Joe Arpaio, probably one of the worst sheriffs in America. But first, Mark, what's going on in South Carolina? It's... Too weird for words. Yeah, this is pretty unbelievable. <laughs> truly, <laughs> truly bizarre. Um, it's it's just a small little article here, but I did read the you know the the sort of state law thing that it was um, talking about. It's the Subversive Organi- Organization Registration Act. Does okay. that sound Nazi-esque to you? Yeah, it does. Very, yeah, very Orwellian. From the State House of South Carolina, subversive organization means every corporation, society, association, camp, group, bund. Political party, assembly, body, or organization composed of two or more persons, which directly or indirectly advocates, advises, teaches, or practices the duty, necessity, or propriety of controlling, conducting, seizing, or overthrowing the government, the United States, of this state, or any political subdivision thereof by force or violence or other unlawful means. So notice that they don't outlaw uh, the... Uh, the taking the controlling conducting seizing overthrowing of the government of the United States the state or any political subdivision by lawful means because that happens every election season so <laughs> it's it's unlawful means <laughs> you can't do it you know whatever so you then know, whatever means would anarchists be okay because they don't want to do any of that with the government they just want to get rid of it well yeah you'd have to want to overthrow it but um, if you are if if you if civil disobedience what does that mean yeah I mean that is an that, well that's kind of what I'm saying you yeah. know like it no, civil disobedience would be unlawful. Yeah, yeah, but you're not trying to necessarily overthrow the government or take control of it. I Read the d- definition one more time. For necessity me. or propriety of controlling, conducting, seizing, or overthrowing the government of the United okay. States. Well, I, I guess it it could. It's kind of, and they'll probably use it in that way anyway. Yeah, they'll, they'll do whatever they want. But right. it's, um, it, it and this isn't some little law. This is a twenty-five thousand dollar fine or ten years in prison or both. Wow. So, um, and you know, is all you've got to do is read it to 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 realize. Well, for for one, how difficult it is to read legalese, and two, um, 
you know, that these <laughs> this, this is real. I mean, this is not somebody making something up. So this just passed. It's a, the governor signed it and everything or what? Uh, Where's the story from? South Carolina. Yeah, South I know Carolina. The source of the story. the story is from Freedom's Phoenix. Normally they cite their uh, their sources. It's not a story. It's a somebody has gone it's like through a little the law. Blurb on right. Freedom's Phoenix. The, the 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 link on Freedom's Phoenix takes you to South Carolina Legislature Online. Oh, SC the actual State law. I see. So, so this is the this is past legislation then. I, I, I couldn't tell you for certain. That well, unless it says it's proposed. Why wouldn't it pass? I'm just trying to clarify. That's all. I just wanted to see if it was something that was proposed or had actually gone through. Can't answer that for you. Um, I get the impression that it's against that, that it's a law. Okay. Well, yeah. Normally when you're on a state law um, website. Code of laws and title, chapter, yeah, list, all the title, title 23. Okay. That's in the law then. Yeah. So it's, it's difficult to know these things, though. I mean, this yeah, could just as easily be a bill. The average person looking at these things, and I'm nothing more sure. than the average person, doesn't know what they're seeing. No, no, but I do know what I heard. And uh, what I heard is that so you have to register your organization with the state. Right, if, if your that's subversive what you're be doing. Uh, organization <laughs> that, is, uh, that hopes to overthrow the government by violent means uh, must be registered with the state. Unlawful means. <laughs> Violence or whatever other uh, you know, unlawful. <laughs> yeah. So wow. silly. So only if you're a group of two or more, then. Yeah. If you're so just a everybody group of one, just then be, you're fine. You know, hey, I'm I'm Luther and I'm against the state. You know, yeah. and you're Mark and you're against the state. Yep. But, hey, we're not together. It's, it's silly. Does, does that mean we need to register because you're not uh, in South Carolina? But we have a signal down there. We we broadcast in South Carolina. Well, I they didn't they weren't clear on that. <laughs> <laughs> not that I would do it anyway. Wow. That's interesting. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Indeed, subversive, tending to subvert or advocate subversion in an attempt to overthrow, especially in an attempt to overthrow or cause the destruction of an established or legally constituted government. So, yeah, doing enough civil disobedience could cause the uh, the government to, uh, to destruct in some way. For instance... Uh, one of our friends up here in the Keene area, one of the activists, we call him 280, was recently in jail. And I went, I drove him out there, and I, I drove him back, and I told uh, part of the story uh, earlier this week about some of the conversations I had with the bureaucrats. It was a very positive conversation I had with one of the bureaucrats there. But one of the details he gave me when we were having some uh, some dinner after he got out was that while he was in there, they actually gave the last mattress to the guy that came into the holding cell after him. So he got the second-to-last mattress in the entire jail. The guy that came in after him was given the last mattress. So uh, now I understand they are building a new jail around here, which will probably be able to house more, more victims. But nonetheless, the reason I bring this up is because it just shows how tenuous their, uh, their grasp on uh, control really is. I mean, in that if you were to take 10... Civilly disobedient activists, and normally when civil disobedience happens around here, it's very rare that it happens in a large way. Though it has started uh, with the the marijuana, cele- the cannabis celebrations and things like that. Yep. But if they were to actually arrest ten people and bring those ten people into this jail, they wouldn't have enough bedding for them all. Yeah, I hope you understand that that's all. Right, they just wouldn't have enough beds. Well, They're that, not going to let well, one then of that's them inhumane. go. Well, then that's if you don't give Please. somebody a if you don't give somebody a mattress to sleep on. I think that's that's. I mean, that's. I think that's considered inhumane by I've most been people. In, I've been in holding cells where you got nothing. There were that there were so many people in there. You couldn't. You didn't have a bed. You slept on the floor. No mattress. No nothing. You bundled up your shirt and used it as a mm-hmm. pillow. 
Okay. Well, uh, I think I'm sorry. That, if I you think that, that you can grind the system to a stop by putting enough people in there that they don't have beds for them, you are sorely mistaken. You don't think that that would be a lawsuit? That that that, that's, that could be there could be a, a lawsuit. That, have you seen any of these activists as many times as they've had their rights violated file a lawsuit? Because I haven't. No, but there's a plan in the works right now to hire a full-time attorney who will be representing uh, liberty activists About and time. who will be filing lawsuits against the state. So the question really doesn't it doesn't apply to what we can do in the future. How much do you think the uh, the, the the jury of their peers is going to award them for uh, going to jail and not having a mattress? I don't know, Mark. I'm not sure, but maybe if enough people go in there and uh, break, you know, break down the system to an extent, they'll stop putting people in. Because if 10 people were to go in there... I don't think running there, out of mattresses is breaking down the system. Well, well okay, there's more, though. What if 10 people were to go in and refuse to take a TB test? What if 25 people were to go in and refuse to take a TB test? They're not allowed to put somebody up in population unless they've taken a TB test. So they're going to run out of holding cells in which to uh, to keep those people. Why wouldn't uh, they just move uh, from you know convicts all the convicts from one cell block into another cell block and then use that cell block as a holding area? They could do that convicts. too. But what happens yeah. when they start running out of room, Mark? What do they do then? They're already running out of room. Every jail so in America is running point out of room. Here, they're very they've got a very tenuous grasp on how big- many. Build a bigger jail is what they'll do. Yeah. Well, that takes a while. It's taken them years to, uh, I mean, a, dec- a couple decades to build another jail here. And they're already going to be probably close to capacity when they build this new jail. When the court system can't handle its capacity, um, you know, for money and that kind of thing, it shuts down. When the jails can't handle it, they shove people in like sardines. Forget going to jail. It's not a solution. More coming up here at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you enjoy the program, you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It's Amazon, the world's largest internet retailer. They've got the products you're looking for at great prices, and Free Talk Live gets a cut of the profits when you enter through amazon.freetalklive.com. The Totasack, it's a uh, handy little handle that one carries for, you know, to carry the grocery bags. And uh, it, you can use it for lots of other things, but generally the grocery bags, what I find it uh, useful for, I just has a little hook on it. Uh, it is a hook that has a hook on it that you, uh, I just put it in my back pocket and uh, carry it to the grocery store. And I don't even bother with grocery carts anymore. It makes it so much easier. And uh, you can get one at T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com. It's the Totasack. And if you carry it hooked in your back pocket like that, it's also a uh, self-defense weapon. It's like a pair of brass knuckles. You can get six brass knuckles for like 20 bucks at Totasack, T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com. All right. We continue here with your phone calls about what you want. Paul is in California on the amp line. Hello, Paul. Yes, Ian. Good to talk to you again. Paul, what's anyway, on your mind? I was listening. I was listening to the unfortunate tale of our friend uh, from uh, was it North Carolina uh, who had the the, uh, the saloon. West Virginia, Kerry Paco Ellison. We had him had him on the West show Virginia. last night. He refused uh, to uh, he refused to ban smoking from his premises after the county demanded it, and uh, of course they went after him for it. Go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, well, there's a uh, a, a Mexican restaurant out here in Los Angeles called El Tepeyac, and it's a family-owned business. It goes back about 40 years. They don't have a liquor license, but the proprietor goes around 
with a bottle, and anybody who wants a drink, he gives it to them for free. And <laughs> the place has got people stacked out the doors, and the food is amazing. That's fantastic. <laughs> wow. And since he doesn't sell the liquor, they, the, the ABC can't touch him. So how does he, I mean, so he just builds in the cost. I mean, does he presume most yeah. people come in and, and want to have a drink, so he just builds the cost into the, the, the food? Yeah. So do you also, I mean, like, if you, if you, price, I'm sorry, I was going to say, yeah. if, you, if you go in and you're not a drinker, uh, I mean, because the food's so good, do they give you, like, a free Coke or something like that? Well, no, but, you know, the food is so good that people don't mind. Right. Uh, well, it's, and, uh, I mean, you can't just, I mean, I suppose if you sit there long enough, you'll, you'll, you'll get, you know, three or four drinks. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I just thought that was an interesting way of getting around the, uh, the liquor license thing. It's also the economics of, of scale, um, and you know what you want people, to, a bunch of people, to come through your doors as, as a restaurant tour, and you know a, a, it doesn't liquor really doesn't cost that much. Um, you know bars, <laughs> there's a big markup on what uh, bars charge for liquor. So to walk around with a bottle of tequila and uh, you know pour it for patrons just to get people to come into the door mm-hmm. for regular priced Mexican food, not for higher priced Mexican food, is still well worth it for a, a restaurant tour. Mm. I think it's a great idea. Anyway, yeah, it sounds like a good night out. I just thought I'd pass that along to you folks. Yeah, thanks for doing that. I appreciate you sharing. Anything else you want to talk about tonight, Paul? Uh, no, I just keep up the good work, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm really impressed with uh, with you. I'm over 60 stations now, huh? Yeah, that's true. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, great idea. I mean, I, and we kind of suggested last night when we were talking with Carrie Ellison from the Blackhawk Saloon over in uh, West Virginia, some alternative ideas for him. And, and one of, that was one of the ideas was essentially to just give people free drinks when they order a certain food item, you know, that uh, you'd be paying for food, but then they just, on the house, gratis, uh, happen to give you a, a free drink. Uh, they could, they could, anybody could do a business that way. It's just that... Most people don't really think outside the box. Most people who are opening up their business, they feel like they have to get the permits. They feel like they have to get the the liquor license. And and for for good reason, in many cases, if you don't get the health code permit, they might just come and send men with guns to uh, to shut you down, to try to somehow prevent you. I wonder what – I mean, how often does that happen? When Does anybody ever take it all the way? For instance, if you were to go and start a new, a new business, like start a restaurant, for instance, where you, you would need, allegedly need, a health permit. If you go in and you just open up your restaurant, they're going to send the men in to threaten you. We know that. Yeah, That's you need, probably a, you need a health code certificate in order to just open your restaurant because go, Lord knows if the government doesn't come in there and get their money that you must be poisoning people. Right, so... So I'm pretty sure that's happened a number of times where somebody who has just opened up a restaurant didn't realize what the rules were, and so they uh, they just opened the restaurant, and then a few weeks later, word get, uh, got around to the bureaucrats. They sent in a couple of enforcers. The enforcers say, you need to pay up. Uh, you got to get a permit. And uh, and so they that's at that point, they get scared, and they go ahead and they uh, you know they, they get the permit. But, but what happens if you don't? I mean, really, what what do they do? Well, usually they'll come and put a piece of paper on the door that says uh, this, these premises are, uh, you, know, can, you know, closed by order of the city of da-da-da-da-da. I'm going to take the paper down. 
<laughs> that's when you get. To, that's when. <laughs> that's when the problems start. What, what 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 would they do? Is what I want to know. I mean, are they going to hit you? They're with a fine? really really going to send men with guns in. Yeah, I think they might start hitting you with fines, and then after that, they'll probably come and arrest you. Okay, okay. I just I just know. I just wonder if anybody has ever done that. I mean, has anybody ever said, "Well, wait a minute. These are your ordinances and statutes here, and." Uh, I don't see any obligation on my part to obey them. I understand what you're saying to me is that I have to do this and I have to do that. Could you go ahead and prove to me that I have to do that? Can you show me where I'm obligated to, well, uh, to do that? They'll just tell you that uh, you know these are the laws and, yes, you're obligated to follow them. Mm. Yeah. You are obligated then, to follow and then they'll what, them because they'll send with, a guy with gun with a gun to make you do it. What will the charge be, though? I mean, I just I, I don't failure to comply with their darn statute. Maybe, maybe or I don't know. Ordinance, You're speculating, right? You don't know. You don't know anyone who's ever tried it, right? I, do I don't know anybody stupid enough to do that. No, <laughs> why I is do it, not. Why is it stupid? Because why is it stupid? they'll lose their business. You don't even have expensive. one yet. You just opened. It is expensive to open a business. You, you not think, if you do it out of your house. What you are you going to start cook, doing? It. Cook it over an open flame? You're just going to buy firewood? You have to have uh, you know all the, the equipment that, that one needs to open a restaurant. You invest your time and energy in opening a restaurant. It takes months so and do months it out of your to house. do that. You don't have to do it out of a, out of a location. Well, th- th- I, I think that that makes more sense, that gal and down in Savannah that we interviewed. Yeah, Savannah Last biscuit. Yeah, that's the, she that runs does, a totally legal business. Totally legal business. Totally illegal business. Yeah, she doesn't have any uh, government. Uh, you know, she papers. didn't get any kind of permit. Yeah, for it. Wow. And, she, and but that's you didn't say that. No, that's not a restaurant. Say, that's a delivery that. service. Okay, no, that's true. I didn't say that, but they're, they're both illegal, right? I mean, if you're going to be serving food to people, you have to have a well, so, why so-called not really inspection. go all the way and buy a bunch of 747s and run an illegal airline and see what they do to you. <laughs> I mean, down. really waste some money. I mean, really throw it down the crapper. I mean, don't don't just go with a restaurant where you throw, where you lose hundreds of thousands. Do it where you can really yeah. lose tens of millions. Yeah, there's been talk. Uh, uh, some activists have mentioned that they'd like to start like a hot dog stand or something something along those lines, yeah. and and be out on the street selling food. That's it's, a good idea. It's a lot cheaper for something one low thing. cost. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, you, you, you think just... a hot dog cart is low cost because they'll take that thing from you. <laughs> I understand, Mark. You're scared I'm of not what scared. they might they're do. They're going to take it. They're going to take it. They're going to no, take it. No, they're going to fine you, dude. And when you can't pay that fine, because they won't pay it, they're going to take that hot dog stand and they're going to sell it on eBay. Well, I think that what people who would be willing to do this kind of thing, the people who are talking about it, I think they would understand in advance that there's a good chance they might have their stuff stolen from them. So you kind of have to go into it with uh, with that expectation. Well, but, just a second ago you were saying, "Oh, I know you're scared," well, and you that's suggesting what, but that you're, you're, they you're talking about steal it. it like, well, no, I'm, I'm not suggesting that necessarily. I'm just saying we've never seen that happen. I've never seen that happen. I'm not saying it wouldn't happen. But I'm all to, for people violating the, the law in stupid, you know, stupid laws. I'm all for that, Ian. Yeah. What I'm not for people doing is stupid things and throwing their money down the tube. Right. The liberty I, I movement isn't saying. going to be propagated by a bunch of penniless people. I, I see what you're saying. You're saying don't do things that could result in uh, things uh, risky. Don't take risks is what you're saying to people, right, Mark? Is that well, what you're saying? Everything's a risk. Okay. Don't take stupid risks. Don't take pointless risks. Well, if you've got the money to spend on it and you're willing to take that risk, then, then what do you start, care? Then start the airline, okay? Buy Why are the you being, you're being ludicrous? You're taking it to a ludicrous extreme. You and I both know that that's impossible because you'd have to get access to the government-run airports. So that's yes. kind of silly. The, the government kind of a silly occupies suggestion. every square inch of this nation and pretty much the whole world. Right. 
So, uh, so what you're saying is it's dangerous to do these things. Yes, I think the activists that would be running an illegal hot dog cart would be aware of the fact that it is indeed risky. That they're risking their freedom and they're risking their property in order to do that. But thank goodness there are people out there with the guts to do that kind of thing. And I hope that we see more of them. You know, spending a couple of days in jail for selling hot dogs, that's one thing. Losing uh, a couple few thousand dollars investment in a hot dog cart, that's something else entirely. That money could be put to good use. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. I don't think you see the big picture here, Mark. Sometimes when people do things that you wouldn't necessarily do, it's still time and effort and money put to good use. As we talked to Big Mike about that last night, he went to jail. You wouldn't want to do that, but for him, it was worth it. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so you can enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. As we continue with your phone calls about whatever's on your mind, coming up, we'll uh, talk about one of the most corrupt sheriffs in the country, Joe Arpaio, and what he's up to these days. It's nothing good. Let's talk to Glenn first in Missouri on the amp lines. Hello, Glenn. Uh, good evening. Uh, hey, I got a question for you guys. Have, have you ever heard of what's called a, a fake marijuana or cannabis that's called K2? Maybe. Uh, I don't know if it was that name, but I have heard of the fake marijuana products. that I, I've actually bought it before. Um I've heard this fake marijuana is pretty awful. Yeah, it is. Uh, is this something new? I I don't know. I'm I, you know I'm not into that that culture at all. But okay. uh, there's been a lot of news stories here where I live in the Midwest in recent months about it. And both Missouri and Kansas are working to pass laws making it illegal. Because <laughs> but, that's because it's a big danger. Well, yeah, and, and one story I read said, you know, maybe it will get you a little high for like 30 minutes. You know, like it could be no. something you might use on your lunch break type of thing. Uh, that's, but, uh, that, that's just a bunch of poppycock <laughs> yeah. um, is what that is. That it, it won't do anything like that. Well, anyway. It'll make anyway, you cough. Uh, You'll be lightheaded. Yeah, you, you, you might, it, it, the same way you could get high off of smoking a cigarette or something like that. But uh, anyway, you know, the legislation is moving through Missouri and Kansas to make this stuff illegal. But the cops couldn't wait till it was actually illegal. They actually raided the one store in Kansas that sold it. Hmm. 
The FDA and the Sheriff's Department and the local police raided it and shut it down, even though the law hasn't even been passed yet. Not a surprise. Yeah, yeah. by the time it comes it, to court, it'll be illegal. And, it know, most likely. The yeah. funny thing in the story was, though, that they said, the, the this business said that, uh, you know, they had been struggling to get by, and then all the news stories and everything about K2 came out, and their business just boomed. <laughs> I bet so it, it did. actually government saying they were going to ban this stuff that actually – you know, publicized. Yeah, put it on the radar. Yeah, put yeah. it made it so people were aware of it. Okay, I've been doing a little bit of poking around here as you've been uh, talking about it, and it's uh, according to Wikipedia, it is very similar to Spice, which is a brand name for a mixture of herbs that have been sold in smart shops in Europe, Canada, and other parts of the world since 2002, purportedly as an incense as well as over the internet as an herbal smoking blend, even though the manufacturer officially warns against human ingestion of spice, it's usually smoked for its cannabis-like effects, which are believed to be caused by a mixture a mixture of synthetic cannabinoid drugs. Oh, really? Several different flavors huh. of spice have been marketed, which have been shown to contain different proportions of the synthetic cannab- uh, cannabinoid active ingredients. See, now I thought it was like this herbal ecstasy stuff, which won't do anything. Yeah, it sounds like it may actually have some kind of uh, you know synthetic version of cannabinoids, which could very well get you a high. In fact, I I remember hearing about spice before, and I'm presuming that K2 is the same as or similar to spice, I remember hearing that it could actually be even more powerful because they've uh, you know synthesized it. Any thoughts on that? Well, I, I, thanks for the info. I was looking up trying to find out more about what it was and why, uh, you know, they're after uh, banning it. You know, like, because you've talked about Salvia before and how a growing number of states are making that illegal. Mm-hmm. And it just seems things are, are going in the wrong direction. You're right about that, Glenn. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate the heads up. 800-259-9231. But that's the way they've always gone, right? Yeah. I mean, they've... <laughs> I, I guess... And then it'll be illegal to carry around sugar or flour in a little plastic baggie now in uh, Kansas? Because it looks like a drug? I guess so. Well, there have been laws on the books for a long time that have said that if you have something and represent it as a drug, then that's uh, that's illegal. But if you just have a baggie full of stuff, then it... That's not necessarily, as I understand it, illegal. Right. It's like if you tell me that it's cocaine and you sell it to me, then right. that's, that's the that's same as, as selling cocaine. That's just as illegal as selling cocaine, yeah. Right. So uh, the story it's because is because the cops got tired of getting ripped off. <laughs> because you know these people could could smell yeah. them a mile away. They'd sell them the baking powder, and then the cops would take it in, and they'd arrest them, and then wait, wait, hey, that's just baking powder. So they'd look like fools again. Yeah. The story is from Kansas here. Prime Buzz at uh, prime primebuzz.kcstar.com. That didn't take long. Just a few months after the public became aware of the legal sale of synthetic marijuana in Kansas, state lawmakers have a plan to snuff it out. Representative Rob Olson, a Republican, has legislation that would outlaw synthetic cannabinoids like K2, which are designed to mimic the chemical but not legal effects of marijuana. This is fast becoming the new drug of choice in the school, said Olson. Available for sale online and at a store in Lawrence, K2 comes in a small pouch for $15 to $30. It's a mix of dried herbs that look like oregano but is laced with chemicals designed to act on the brain like Mary Jane. There are other similar brands as well. Hear how they use the slang for it? Just like yeah. on the streets, Mary they're, Jane? They're hip. They know. Yeah. Johnson County Police... go out and buy a lid. <laughs> first discovered the drug was being used by ex-convicts on probation. They turned to K2, hoping it wouldn't show up on drug tests as marijuana. Now police say they're finding it in high schools. 
We're, uh, we started getting calls from concerned citizens, from probation officers, from high school police, said the sheriff's master deputy, Chris Farks. Olson, joined by Farks and other law enforcement officers from Johnson County, said Monday that K2 and similar products should be banned because, for one reason, the drug's legality gives users a false sense of security. Because everybody knows that anything that's legal is completely safe, right? Sure, you can smoke Crystal Drano. It's legal. When the effects of K2 and similar products haven't been studied, the legislation would make possession of K2 or other marijuana lookalikes a misdemeanor. So, yeah. It looks because like- that, that will uh, make people safe. Right, yeah, putting them in a jail cell. That's always mm-hmm. helped keep people safe from Nothing their Nothing bad can happen there. I wasn't in jail with a whole bunch of guys that were really jonesing for a cigarette or a, a joint when they got out. No, no, they were going to quit as soon as they got out. Of, they, they, that was it. Yeah, they learned their lesson. They're reformed now. Exactly. That's why none of them ever come back to the same jail for the same charges over and over again. That never happens in this country because yeah. they are being taught not to do these things once they get put in that cage because it's a real deterrent. Oh, wait, no. No, that's not the case at all. Uh, as I was mentioning, I was just talking with uh, 280, who is one of our activists here that was in jail, and all three of the guys that were in his holding cell together had been to that jail multiple times. It wasn't necessarily for drug possession, mind you. Uh, a couple of them that were there for DUIs. And, yeah. you know, if you get busted for a DUI, there's some pretty serious penalties uh, that are uh, that are involved in that. So you'd think they'd be learning their lesson. because Yeah, even, even on your first one, I mean... They, they take away your license usually, don't they? The for first, a long time, and yeah. you have hefty fines. You have to pay for uh, probation, all kinds of stuff. Right. So I mean, they, that should be working. It's pretty, pretty draconian penalties that they've got there. That should be stopping people from ever going out and drinking and driving again. But huh, wouldn't you know it? They still do it. They do. So what's wrong there? Why, why is it that the, these so-called uh, houses of corrections? aren't correcting the alleged problems. Oh, they because just they're really money. just warehouses for people. Yeah. It's a, it's a business for government bureaucrats that are unionized in order to, you know, make lots of money and move more hands through more government bureaucrats and, you know, give more jobs to more administrators and things like that, too. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. Since, since we're on the drug topic... Uh, I have a story out of the Drug War Chronicle at StopTheDrugWar.org. If you thought the rules uh, that they've passed against pseudoephedrine-based products like Sudafed in order to allegedly put a stop to the man, uh, the methamphetamine manufacturing problem out there in this uh, this country, if you thought they were pretty absurd as it is, where in, uh, in most, I think, all over the country you pretty much have to show identification, you have to uh, fill out some kind of government form in order to purchase cold medicine, with pseudoephedrine in it. I don't know if any of you have come across this, but we've had people call on this show over the years talking about how very inconvenient this has been. Yeah, I mean, there have been really? people who... Uh, you, you've never heard about this? Uh, I've never had it happen to me. I buy pseudoephedrine. You know, Are I, you sure I you're get... buying the the version with pseudoephedrine? Uh, in I'm it? actually not sure. Um, uh, because they I'll do check. have a non-pseudo... Uh, they have a non-pseudoephedrine version that they uh, that they came out with as a result of um, um, these that laws. That doesn't work as well. Um, you'll find that people... <laughs> you'll find. The, the people with the uh, the allergies that you know they'll yeah. they'll treat them with over the counters. That's what they find that pseudoephedrine is best for. And those people, you know, they'll, they'll be uh, treated like drug addicts for trying to get more of this stuff. I, I'm one of those people. So it's made it difficult for. Uh, I, th- I thought it was a nationwide thing. I I'd imagine they have it here in New Hampshire. So I'm guessing you just didn't get the pseudoephedrine. 
Uh, but there's more now. They're going to do more because apparently this hasn't stopped methamphetamine manufacturers, so they've got a new idea. Surprise, oh, surprise, we'll surprise. share that with you here in moments. Free Talk Live. Do you remember the old Libertarian Party back when it was centered around the non-aggression principle? The LP used to serve as an educational vehicle, turning the public on to liberty through the electoral process and bringing activists together to further their own understanding of the philosophy. It was also the main feeder organization for the larger movement. We want to bring that LP back. Join the Libertarian wing of the Libertarian Party and help restore the party of principle. Visit TakeBackTheLP.info. That's TakeBackTheLP.info. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you have on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download right there from the front page of the website. You can uh, click to the podcast and go all the way back to the very beginning of 2009, all completely free for you over at freetalklive.com. It's like a time machine. You just go back to 2009. Yeah, it costs you nothing, too. (laughs) Free time machine. Uh, Go to libertarianinternships.com, and it's like a job machine, at least if you're in college and uh, you need something to do over the summer. They have public policy internships, journalism internships. That was one of them segues in in radio talk, you know. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Sorry. Production internships. Paying close attention, Ian? Nope. Okay. Uh, LibertarianInternships.com. You can get stipend there. Uh, you also get a housing housing assistance while you're uh, participating in the course, and they have uh, uh, seminars that show you how to do the, uh, the particular courses. So go to LibertarianInternships.com. Register for an account there today. Yeah, I was busy looking at the uh, the K2 website. Trying to learn a little bit more about it, see what see what they're charging, what are their rates compared to uh, you know the, the the marijuana black market, and it, it is a little bit cheaper. So I don't know how it is in comparison to uh, to cannabis. We're talking about this uh, incense product, which is plastered all over uh, the websites that sell it, that it's not intended for human consumption. Mm. But apparently, word is humans are consuming it, and uh, government people are very, very upset. So if the government's banning it, then there must be something good about it, right? I don't see that that's true. No? No. Well, that's worth... They ban heroin, and uh, I don't That's true. That, that's a good so... point. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm still kind of curious. Anyway, we'll continue here with your phone calls, and then we'll tell you about what they're doing with the, uh, the methan- uh, methamphetamine laws cracking down on Sudafed. Uh, first, we'll go to Mike in Arkansas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Mike, Arkansas. Oh, yeah. You're on the air. Hello? Hello. You're on the air, Mike. Go for it. Hello, Hello. Mike. Going once, going Hello. twice. Mike? Okay, goodbye. 800-259-9231. Let's continue with Kurt in Michigan on the amp line. Hello, Kurt. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you tonight? What's on your mind Good. tonight? Well, um, I'm a big believer in the idea that if you get people asking the wrong questions, that the answers stop mattering. I think that's um, true. Yeah, one of, one of the ways that I try to explain your show to people that I'm trying to introduce it to is, you know, if they were to call in and say, you know, either I'm either I'm for gay marriage or I'm against gay marriage, doesn't matter which tag they take, that you'd probably say something to the effect of, well, before you can even answer that or ask that question, you've already answered the question in your own mind, does government have the right to regulate the relationship between two consenting adults who should be able to enter into whatever contract they want? provided they're not defrauded or coerced. 
Indeed. And anyway, and, and what it does is it is it is it frames you know it, it it shows that the person that asking whether or not there should be gay marriage is the wrong question, and whether or not government should be married you know involved in marriage at all is the right question to ask. Absolutely. Well, I think that we that uh, your your calls on abortion last week, late last week, kind of fall into that category. They were they were uh, uh, trying to ascertain when sentience begins, uh, when the baby might be viable outside the mother, uh, you know, when life would begin, and and I believe those things to be you know red herrings. You know, they're the wrong questions to ask. I, I believe the right question to ask in that would be. When am I required to extend my resources in the furtherance of another person's life? What's your answer? Well, my answer is I should never be required to. You know, in the, in the idea of abortion, the, the resources that the mother is providing that child are hers and hers alone to determine whether or not she wants to provide those. Mm-hmm. You know, I would hope nobody would ever get an abortion myself. You know, I'm, I'm all for, you know, loving adoption. But... You know, I I am also you know more so against forcing somebody to have a child. So, what about a mom who uh, decides to not have an abortion, but when she actually has the baby, decides she doesn't want it anymore and leaves it in a garbage uh, garbage bin somewhere? Um, well, I don't know about leaving it, and I, I think that that would be something that would be very rare if they were able to just leave it you know, with somebody who would take care of it. Mm. You know, you are, you are, you you do have a right to life, but you do not have a right to sustenance. Okay. So, uh, so then in the, in the, in the world in which you're envisioning then a uh, young lady who did go through a a pregnancy who wanted to give it up would have no problems whatsoever uh, in, in doing that. I, I would, I would like to not see the state involved in that at all. And you would find uh, uh, willing intermediaries between, uh, you know, parents who don't want to be parents and parents who cannot naturally be parents who want to be parents. What do you think should happen, though? I mean, what if it does? What if it does occur? I mean, it's got to happen, right? And like humans some, are nuts. Yeah, some girl just goes crazy after she has her uh, her baby and just decides to leave it in a dumpster somewhere. Well, I mean, if it's done with forethought and and malice, you know, if if I am I am trying to keep this child from getting food, you know, I am purposely keeping the child from getting food as opposed to, you know, I don't want to, you know, if, if she's, if she's going out of her way to hide it from people, I think that's a different, that's a different scenario than it would be just not wanting to give up your, your resources for this child. What, what, what do you, I think should happen? Go ahead. I, I, I don't know. I think the market, the market would handle that insofar as, as, as you know, whether it be ostracization or whether it would be considered uh, a murder. Because, I mean, if I were to keep you from food, I mean, and even though that I'm not forcing you in, well, I'd have to force you into some type of captivity. But if I were to keep food from you, knowing that you would die, I think that that would end up probably being a crime. Okay, that's a fair enough answer. Anything else you want to share tonight, Kurt? Well, I booked my room for Parkfest, so I'll be out there in June, and uh, I hope uh, we can get many liberty, many more liberty-loving individuals out there uh, this year. 
And uh, it, was a bl- it was a blast for the last two years that I went, was there, and I'm really looking forward to it. No Liberty Forum for you? I'd like to, but uh, I got one vacation a year that I can really that I can really spend the money on. And, gotcha. And that, that one is just, it was so much fun and so many it is, wonderful yeah. people that I've met. Yeah, they're both good times. If you can come to Absolutely. both, then you should. If you can't, then uh, it's hard. It's a hard to choose. I I think I have to. Yeah. You know, if I were forced to, I would choose Pork Fest because yeah, it's a I guess little it more just depends. Back. It just depends on your personality. Like if you if you like you know a convention style where you dress up nice, you have meals, you listen to people, then Liberty Forum's obviously for you. If you just want to kick back in your jeans and a t-shirt, uh, go camping, you know, see music, you know, talk to people, meet, uh, then Pork Fest is more. Your I thing. wear jeans and T-shirts at Liberty Forum. <laughs> Even though even though the pork fest is technically only three days, a lot of people show up there for the whole week. Oh yeah, you know yeah, that's, that's what I like about it. Yep, and the cost is certainly a lot lower because you don't have to put yourself up in a hotel. You're you're camping, so it's uh, it's a little more on the affordable side as well. But nonetheless, both events are uh, stellar. And Kurt, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from yeah. you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. People are never going to come to an agreement on the abortion issue. That much, I think, we can agree on. Yeah, Um, science is going to take care of that issue before uh, human legislation does. There's more coming up here. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. I certainly don't think the government should be involved in prohibiting nor paying for abortions. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. The latest on the war on meth in moments. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including our chat room. You can go get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners over at chat.freetalklive.com. Again, that's chat.freetalklive.com. Are you giving candy again this Valentine's Day? Well, get creative, man. That's what shows women that you really care. This year... Get her George's famous baklava. It's Osborne approved. Walnut baklava with 50 layers of melt-in-your-mouth phyllo. I guess that's better than 25 layers or something. All the ingredients are premium and all-natural, and that's why it tastes so good. Shipped in a special container, Priority Mail, so that it gets to you fresh and delicious. It was shipped to us in Priority Mail in a special container, and it was fresh and delicious. You can order it at mandrick.com. That's M-A-N-D-R-I-K.com. There's no C in mandrick. M-A-N-D-R-I-K.com. 800-259-9231 as we continue here. The news is from the Drug War Chronicle, and it has to do with the ban on pseudoephedrine or the, well, restrictions on pseudoephedrine. It has not yet been completely banned. It's a key ingredient in products like Sudafed, a cold medicine, for instance, uh, that it used to be available just over the counter. You could just go and grab it off the shelf. Pseudoephedrine. I guess, yeah. I don't really know much about ephedrine, but uh, did they ban that for the same reason? Yes, you could uh, take it and get high. Several gotcha. of them, people, you know, people had problems. So the used to be able to just go and grab it and uh, check out and be done with it. But recently, there have been laws established all around the country that have mandated that anybody that wants to buy a product with pseudoephedrine in it must 
usually show identification and fill out some sort of state form to, uh, to identify who they are. And then if the state auditors and the DEA or whoever it is that's looking at that information actually notices that you've bought more than a certain amount in a certain period of time, they will come after you. Well, the, 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 the stores in, in some cases will report you too, so – well, they're re- they're reporting all of the information yes. period, but if they if they catch you, uh, they will come after you. And people have been uh, c- come after and been brought up on charges of buying too much pseudoephedrine. Whether or not they were using it to make methamphetamine is another question. Um, but they were in a lot of cases just people with uh, allergies. Yeah, or f- or people with families with allergies. So I mean, if Dad is going in to buy. Uh, allergy medicine for an entire family full of people, then he's going to be buying more than he would just buy for himself if it were just him that had the problems. And we know that allergies aren't hereditary and that people that live in the same house aren't predisposed to having allergies. It's silly. So we've had calls from from people that have had some real hassles with this. I mean, they haven't necessarily been arrested, but it's just been, become inconvenient. Uh, one guy, as I recall, was go, trying to go to a overnight pharmacy, and because they didn't have the, the right staff on hand, he had to wait around and wait around, and it was very inconvenient for him to uh, to actually get his hands on the, the medicine that he was looking to get to bring home to his uh, to his sick son uh, at that time. So what normally was just a quick trip to the overnight pharmacy became uh, just a nightmare. And uh, there are no shortage of stories like this, but it's going to get worse now. Meth lab busts nationwide were up 27% last year over the previous year, according to the DEA and state legislatures. Prodded by law enforcement, they're responding with a new batch of bills to ban pseudoephedrine, a key ingredient in home-cooked meth, but also a key ingredient in widely used cold remedies such as Sudafed and Claritin B. In at least three states, California, Indiana, Kentucky, and Missouri, bills to make products containing pseudoephedrine available by prescription only have been or will be filed. Meanwhile, Mississippi this week became the first state this year to pass such a law and only the second in the nation. Oregon passed such a law in 2006 and claimed to have seen a dramatic reduction in meth lab busts. In Mississippi, Governor Haley Barbour is posed to sign HB 512, which would make ephedrine and pseudoephedrine Schedule Three controlled substances available only by prescription. The measure passed the House 45 to 4 late last month and passed the Senate 45 to 4 on Tuesday. The Tuesday vote came around, uh, came about, came as about 50 uniformed members of Mississippi law enforcement looked on from the gallery. Mississippi law enforcement had been the primary force behind the bill. I guess none of them have allergies, right? Guess not. Uh, as the cops looked on, supporters of the well, they could they probably just take the stuff they confiscate. Yeah, the that's ones right. that have that's allergies, they'll get it. Yeah, they'll just bust people. Uh, as the cops looked on, supporters of the bill fended off amendments to the bill that would allow patients to be charged lower than normal fees when going to a physician to get a prescription. Opponents of the bill had argued that it would place a burden on Mississippi residents who would now be saddled with having to pay for a doctor's visit and a copay for their now prescription drug. I look forward to signing House Bill 512, which will make it more difficult to obtain the ingredients for this drug that tears families apart and harms many of our communities, said Barbour. He and the cops may have been happy, but the Consumer Healthcare Products Association, which represents the over-the-counter medicine makers, was not. The bill will be a burden on residents and will raise health care costs in the state, said the group. And uh, there aren't Duh. a whole bunch of poor people in Mississippi or anything. 
Uh, we are disappointed that the Mississippi Senate chose to overlook consumer sentiment and passed a bill today that will significantly impact how cold and allergy sufferers access some of their medicines, said their association spokeswoman. While well-intentioned, this bill will impose an unnecessary burden on Mississippians, despite there being a better and more effective solution to address the state's meth production problem. The association said that electronic tracking of over-the-counter medications containing pseudoephedrine was a more effective, less costly alternative. See, thanks so much, uh, association, for proposing an alternative method of tyranny. I mean, that's uh, that's what it's come down to. It's not just, hey, this is wrong, leave people alone. It's, well, we understand what you're uh, trying to do here, and we've come up with a better idea as to how you can control people's lives. So uh, they're just really competing forms. Of, even the advocates that were against this particular piece of legislation weren't against it because of any sort of freedom-oriented issues. They just want to make it easy for people to buy their products. And if they can come up with some way to, uh, to track the purchasers of their products that will satiate the, uh, the state's demand for keeping an eye on people, then, then that's okay by them. So these industry associations aren't interested in freedom. They're just interested in as much freedom for their products as possible. Anyway, the proposal was uh, that uh, apparently eight states have adopted uh, this electronic tracking for over-the-counter medications containing pseudoephedrine to fight domestic methamphetamine production while maintaining consumer access to the medicines. India is, or excuse me, Indiana is also moving to restrict pseudoephedrine, but not to make it prescription only. They are limiting customers to 3.6 grams of ephedrine or pseudoephedrine in one day and 9 grams of the drugs in one month as far as what they can purchase. That bill is now heading out to the House. So this is it, guys. I mean, it's going to stop. It's going to put a stop to this. I love the terminology fight. Uh, You know, they're they're fighting the production of uh, methamphetamines as if the people that, uh, you know, that that have allergies that need pseudoephedrine are, are, you know, pulling out guns and shooting at cops because they're fighting it. Right. No, they're not fighting it. They're just clamping down. They're just using tyranny. They're (laughs) they're just restricting it. So this is it. I mean, this is going to stop it, right? I mean, they, they finally have the magic bullet that is going to put an end to methamphetamine manufacture. Oh, yeah. Doubtful. Well, if you have to have a prescription to get the uh, the pseudoephedrine, how are you going to manu- manufacture meth? This uh, is going to do it. Are, there are alternative ways to manufacture meth. Yes, there are. Yep. There oh. absolutely are. You don't need uh, you don't need pseudoephedrine to do it. And as a matter of nope. fact, they've uh, they found significantly less dangerous and less costly ways of doing it without pseudoephedrine uh, yeah. now. And it, it's the marketplace, uh, you know, adapting uh, when it needs to. But you know, that doesn't stop the politicians. No. That's right. There was wasn't that shake and bake story that we had, uh, or whatever they called it, where there was wasn't that a uh, pseudoephedrine free way of doing yes. it? I don't remember what the chemicals were that uh, that were utilized, but we rem- I remember we read a story where there's a new make your own meth kind of method that uh, doesn't involve having to have a, a kitchen or any of the uh, the the normal meth making utilities. It, wow. You just have to have like a like a, a liter soda bottle, the right ingredients. You put it in there and you shake it up. It's uh, resulted in explosions and fire and burning people that uh, that try to do it because of the chemical reactions that that, that happen in there. Uh, but in many cases, it results in if they're successful and they don't hurt themselves, it will result in a personal amount of uh, methamphetamine, which one can smoke. And as you point out, Mark, doesn't involve uh, pseudoephedrine at all. 800-259-9231. I recall reading something about Ma Wong, uh, which is a natural product that some for some reason I think can be transmuted into uh, meth-making products as well. I don't remember all the details on that, but more coming up. You can bring up anything. Free Talk Live. 
This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Stouffer's. Let's Fix Dinner. Find dinner ideas to bring your family together at the table at letsfixdinner.com. Juggling schedules so that everyone eats together can be tough. Try starting with one family dinner a week, whenever you can fit it in. Take turns picking the meal and have everyone pitch in. Working together will bring your family closer, even if it is just once a week. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com as we continue here. Um, By the way, if you do enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more Internet listeners on board with this program. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to join up for as little as 3 bucks a month. You can use any major credit cards. Um, uh, you can use PayPal. Alternative options are also available. All detailed for you at amp.freetalklive.com. First, imagine you live in an area controlled by a violent gang. What if you started using words like like and us when discussing the gang and their activities, even though you weren't in the gang and no one in the gang knew or cared about you? A lot of the gang's activities actually hurt you and your family. Would this kind of thinking eventually lead to sympathy for the gang's activities or resistance to the idea that the gang was even doing anything wrong? What if a violent gang was able to develop a 12-year indoctrination system that encouraged this kind of thinking? What if a violent gang already did? School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of public education and the worship of violent gangs. Visit SchoolSucksProject.com to learn more. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. Ladies first, we go to the phones and the fun. Uh, Erica is on the line in Illinois. Erica, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? So It was was interesting hearing you guys talk about um, like the laws they're trying to pass about and like in response to to uh, methamphetamine, because like the, the drug war really is insane. But anyway, oh, yeah. it it reminded me of so j- just um, today or maybe like late yesterday, I was reading about how um, there's this uh, online like ethnobotanical company based in Kansas. Like they they used to sell salvia before it was made illegal in Kansas, and uh-huh. like the afterward they sold mostly like like amanita mushrooms and stuff you can make ayahuasca tea out of and stuff like that nothing illegal like all, all of those substances are perfectly legal in the united states but anyway um apparently yesterday the um the place where they were based was raided by the federal government by about i think i read 20 like agents raided the facility uh, arrested the guy that was like the head of it um put him in jail. Initially, they put this ridiculous bond on him. It was like almost a million dollars. Wow. And they seized all his assets, like uh, $700,000. So even though what you're you're saying, that even though what he was selling was completely legal, they came after him anyway. Yeah. And like I was, I was reading on this article online, they, they listed the charges against him. I think I'm looking at it right now. They brought up eight chart, eight charges against him, all of them felonies. And like, it's, it's ridiculous. They're focusing a lot on he sold a San, a San Pedro cactus, cacti, um, which you can buy at a Home Depot, but it contains mescaline. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it'd be in the same family as, like, peyote. 
So they're charging him with unlawful manufacturing of controlled substances, which would be mescaline, and they listed a bunch of other things. Basically, they're, they're listing the chemicals that are in some of the stuff that he sold, like morning glory seeds and mm-hmm. stuff, and it's, it's really ridiculous. Morning glory seeds. I mean, you can get these, like you said, at <laughs> Home Depot. But yeah, how come exactly. not rating Home Depot? Oh, they've got lawyers, right? Oh, the, the, yeah, the, the best is the last one. It's unlawful possession of certain drug pre- precursors and drug paraphernalia, including uh, plastic jugs and filters used for <laughs> use or intended for unlawful use to manufacture, cultivate, plant, whatever. They're like charging him with having plastic jugs and filters. Basically, I, I don't know. Oh, it's so it's oh, so it, sad. We, we've uh, we've had stories here where uh, you know people are charged for having sprinkler fittings and things like that because they claimed that they're selling to the marijuana community when they just have an online business. I mean, people may very well have been buying uh, you know for their marijuana cultivation business, uh, you know, personal cultivation, but. You know, they, these people weren't marketing it that way. You can make a pipe out of a, an aluminum can. I mean, yeah. are, are they going to go after so- Coca-Cola and Pepsi? Uh, they're just going to be arbitrary, and they're going to go after the people that they uh, they want to go after. And uh, most of those people are not going to be people that uh, fund major campaigns and political organizations. Oh, so they're going to go after right cola. Yeah. Oh, okay. When did yeah, they, so when did this raid go down? This was, I think, yesterday because oh, wow. um, he was in jail today. Um, I just read online that he he just got out of jail. They they posted bail. Um, they got his lawyer to reduce to reduce the um, the bond from the ridiculous amount that it was before to about one hundred and fifty thousand, which is still ridiculous, a hell of a lot. But what's the store name? I mean, so people can go and uh, um, you know, it's give... bouncing. Um, what is it? It's bouncing bear botanicals. The guy's name was Jonathan Sloan, and he lived in in Kansas. Um, they're trying the. Family is trying to um, contact the Kansas ACLU to see what they can do about it because they don't, and they're they just need to see what they can do about it because they're totally within the law. There is no law against what they were doing because um, their business was perfectly legal. They're just being brought up on these ridiculous charges. Thanks for giving us a heads up on that, and I'm sure some of our listeners are going to go and check them out. I, uh, it's just so sad when this stuff happens, and I thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Yet another reason to get the hell out of the federal government, to uh, to declare independence, to secede, whatever you uh, whatever terms you prefer using. Uh, ending this war on drugs is, I think, so critical to restoring or to to getting to achieving freedom in our lifetime. As long as people are so intolerant of other people's choices. Uh, as to what they can do with their own body, we'll never have a chance at uh, at actually being free. In fact, I had something that uh, that tied in here. Oh yes, Obama. Uh, since we're talking about federal drug enforcement, there were a lot of people that voted for Barack Obama, thinking he would be, you know, a little cooler about drug enforcement than uh, than George Bush. I mean, Obama is. Uh, Didn't he say he inhaled? Yep, yep. Yeah. He uh, he admitted to, uh, to smoking just cannabis. Not <laughs> Admitted to doing cocaine, if I uh, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, George Bush too. I don't know that he admitted to it, oh, but I think he everybody was arrested knew. for it. I mean, yeah. Uh, Stephen Webster over at the Raw Story reports that it wasn't long ago when President Barack Obama's new drug czar, former Seattle Police Chief J- Gil Karakla- Karolikowski, swept into Washington D.C. and declared the drug war a public policy relic. The Obama administration, he said, would move toward handling drug addiction as a medical problem, moving away from the brash enforcement tactics that hallmarked prior administrations. Carol Lukowski told the Wall Street Journal uh, that, quote, we are not at war with the people in this country. However, if the Office of National Drug Control Policy's budget for fiscal 2011 well, they are. 
yeah. is to be believed, Carol Lukowski was full of hot air. According to 2011 funding highlights released by the ONDCP, the Obama administration is growing the drug war and tilting its funds heavily toward law enforcement over treatment. Now, look, not that government forcing people into treatment is that much better. I mean, I don't want to be forced into a mental hospital if I get caught with a bag of pot, just in the same way I don't want to be forced into a normal jail cell if I get caught with a bag of pot. Nonetheless, uh, the story is that the president's national drug control budget also continues the Bush administration's public relations tactic of obscuring the costs of prosecuting and imprisoning drug offenders. Enron-style accounting is how drug policy reform advocate Kevin Zeese described it Writing for Alternet in 2002, the budget places America's drug war spending at $15.5 billion for fiscal year 2011. That's an increase of 3.5% over 2010. uh, That figure reflects a 5.2% increase in overall enforcement funding, growing from $9.7 billion to $9.9. Addiction treatment and preventative measures, however, are budgeted at $5.6 billion, an increase from $5.2. In short, the Obama administration's appropriations for treating drug addiction are just short of half of that dedicated to prosecuting the war. An ONDCP press release describes these figures as balanced. Now that's some twisting of words, isn't it? It's balanced, but yet one is getting more than twice, you know, about twice the funding as the other. That's balanced, according to the federal government. The new budget proposal demonstrates the Obama administration's commitment to a balanced and comprehensive drug strategy, Carol Lukowski added in the advisory. In a time of tight budgets and fiscal restraint, we're growing it by 5%. Uh, Carol Lukowski added in the advisory, in the time of tight budgets and fiscal restraint, these new investments are targeted at reducing Americans' drug use and the substantial costs associated with the health and social consequences of drug abuse. It sure was an encouraging signal when drug czar Karolikowski declared the war on drugs was over shortly after he took the job last year, according to a spokesman for Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. But until the budget numbers match up with rhetoric, it looks like the war is still being waged. So, is anybody really surprised? That's what I, I guess I'm a little surprised. I, I thought surprised that, that they uh, they didn't do what they said they were going to do? Um, well, I mean, the government generally doesn't do that, but I am surprised that... Uh, that, you know, there wasn't more emphasis on uh, treatment. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. So look forward to another year of more millions of arrests. Over 1.5 million people are arrested in this country every single year for drug possession charges. Mostly, sometimes they uh, charge them with drug dealing, but usually that's people who just happen to possess more than one baggie of whatever drug it is they were arrested for. So 90% of those arrests are uh, possession arrests. 80, uh, 80% is, I think, the the official number, but it's probably much higher than that. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line coming up. The toughest cop in America. What's he up to? Joe Arpaio will check in with that. Moments. Are you giving candy again this year for Valentine's Day? Get creative, man. That's what shows women you care. This year, get her Georgia's famous baklava. It's Osborne approved. Walnut baklava with 50 layers of melt-in-your-mouth phyllo. All of the ingredients are premium and all natural. That's why it tastes so good. Shipped in a special container, priority mail, so it gets to you fresh and delicious. Order by February 10th to make sure you have it in time for Valentine's Day at mandrik.com. M-A-N-D-R-I-K.com. No C in there. Mandrik.com.
Free Talk Live, and we are launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, and you can go and see Luther in his uh, his brand new, I, I guess... What is uh, your your video debut? It from is what I can tell. Yeah. Uh, at freekeen.com, the CRAP campaign, uh, which stands for what does it stand for, Luther? Citizens resisting the assault of police. That's right. Uh, the very first crap campaign uh, video, <laughs> and Luther is the star. So uh, I hope that you'll do more, Luther, because I thought you There's did a great a job. Big demand for me to come back. Is there? Uh, I- Talk to my agent. You know, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, you can go over and see that any old time you want to. In the meantime, we go to Homeless John, who we haven't talked to in a long time. Homeless John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, guys. How y'all doing? Hey, man. Good, man. Just super. When's the last time you called this show? It's got to be a couple years now. Oh, an eternity ago. An eternity. Okay. Well, so okay. you're still homeless? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I've been off the street for about a year now. And, Very good. Uh, and I uh, call y'all tonight to make a very important announcement, something that's going to affect me for the rest of my life. Well, t- well, hold off on that for a moment and, and give us your story, because, I mean, the last time you called us, you were living on the streets of Little Rock, and uh, you, were, you were accessing the Internet from the from a library computer, and you would regularly call the program, and you said you got off the streets a year ago. How did that happen for you? Um, a friend of mine told me that the city of Little Rock was taking an application for uh, housing at the uh, city of Little Rock for public housing. And she told me you had to be over the age of 50 and to go run a background check. It was back in December of zero, zero 08. Mm-hmm. So I put in the application, and in the, in the month of uh, May, the manager told me to come on down and get two units. So basically you know, the taxpayers are, uh, are putting you, putting you up. Actually, I'm, I'm paying for it. It's Are not you really? Free. <laughs> it's yeah. it's what? It's not free? It's, no, no. It's subsidized housing, and uh, I'm in a big old nice room with baths and everything, and I do occasional work every now and then when I can get it. I'm Sweet. still looking for employment. So, so uh, subsidized. So the taxpayers are still paying for at least uh, a portion of your housing. How much are you paying in, in rent every month? Uh, guys, I'm finna insult y'all right now. Guess how much? $50 uh, a month. Two, how much? Fifty dollars. <laughs> low income. Now, if I had a if I had a job and working in it, be a little bit more. I see. Which is why there's no real reason to go get a job, right? I mean, why would anybody want to? At fifty dollars a month, I wouldn't would go yeah, work either. Yeah, I pay seven times that. Well, uh, I hope you guys can uh, help me out because I'm going to get a real job. Well, okay. What, what's, what's the going big on? news? Yeah. What's the big news? Well, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at my hands right now. Two two pieces of paper. One of them is a petition. To run as an independent candidate for the second congressional district in the state of Arkansas, uh, the seat that uh, Congressman Vic Snyder now holds. I have to get 2,006 signatures of, uh, of eligible voters. To well, be you certainly have the free time. Yep. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be putting up a video in about an hour on YouTube, and my username will be uh, Neely for Congress of uh, 2010. Ne- Neely and come out. wait. How do you spell that? Neely N E E L Y. That's correct. Neely, Neely for Congress. Congress letter four. So okay, now uh, you still have internet. Do you have internet at your home? Yes, I got a nice house. As a matter of fact, I think I'll put up a video of uh, my apartment. 
So now do so, they do they include that in the fifty bucks a month? Oh yes. Awesome. Uh, so you basically get to live somewhere and get internet access for fifty bucks a month. I mean, most, most people you get pay, to pay fifty, 50 bucks, bucks a month for the internet yeah, access. Right. So what you should do is go to the post. What you should do is go to the post office and to the uh, the dump, and that's where you can uh, you can get uh, people that are you know registered voters to sign your petition. Well, guys, I'm dead serious about this. It's been on my mind for quite some time. You know, uh, the homeless ain't getting no kind of uh, uh, help out here. We got a mayor that says he got some backbone. His name is Mark Stola. And, uh, the homeless aren't getting help. Well, it sounds to me <laughs> like you're getting plenty of help, man. <laughs> I took this step because it was necessary. And we got a mayor, a new mayor now named Mark Stoller. His heart's into it, but he don't have no political will. So the Secretary of State office, the little secretary, going to try to discourage me from doing this because he said I had a criminal record, which I do. So is there like a bag lady that's going to manage your campaign? Uh, no. No. Uh, you do I'm, I'm going to have to do this all on my do own. Do it all on your own. I got a lot of haters out here. Since Dick Snyder is vacating his seat, there's going to be a lot of wild shooters out here. And I one see. of them... Oh, it's never easy guys, in politics. I must say this. One of them in particular is a state senator by the name of Joyce Elliott. About a year ago, in the Arkansas State Legislature, she tried to approve some funding uh, to get scholarship to um, these illegal uh, aliens here from Mexico. And uh, it was a lot of slack over that one. Big time. So, what are your campaign planks going to be, John? What homeless John? Or I mean, it's, it's not really right to call you homeless John at this point, but uh, I'm going to come out. I'm going to come out of closet, name. My real name is Charles Neely. Charles Neely. All right. So, Charles, what what are your Correct. campaign planks going to be? The three planks of the Neely for uh, twenty Neely twenty ten plan. Okay. Uh, one of them is I'm going to be open about myself. We got a lot of crooks uh, in the House of Representatives. At least the citizens of Arkansas, if they're listening, they'll be voting for one that's the real deal, not <laughs> well, When you say you're a crook in the real that, deal, what does that mean? I mean, what do you what do you mean? That means I'm more honest about my background and about uh, what I've done in my life than anybody. That's so a good point. You won't be catching me. Uh, well, I'm doing this now, so nobody can catch me later at a press conference. Well, we just found this out. Mm, okay. So I'm going to go ahead okay. and put everything on the video, and I'm going to tell you who encouraged me to do this. Who? Uh, Larry Sinclair. I had a little talk with him the other night. Who's that? From Florida. Uh, that's, uh, well, uh, guys, in case you don't know who Larry Sinclair is. I don't. He's uh, President Obama's ex-gay lover. <laughs> really? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> He's running for Congress in the, in, the, uh, in, the, uh, in, in the state of Florida against this incompetent senator. I forgot her name. And he gave me a lot of advice on what I can do. And he's also an ex-convict. And I'm gonna come out and say yes. I'm an ex-convict too. This is news. To, I mean, this is pretty big news. That uh, I mean, I've never heard this before. That Obama had a I'd gay, a gay lover. Google, Google it. Well, I, I will. Uh, I will start page it. And so, uh, tell me more. I mean, how did you meet this guy, Larry Sinclair? I didn't. I ran across his uh, uh, article in Rent. Wait, can I say that? Yeah, you can. It just it destroys the credibility of uh, whatever it is that you uh, you attach to it. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you know the rich like R E. Yeah, he's a crackpot. <laughs> right. I ran across that uh, from an article he published from mm. I think the Daily Globe about President Obama had a gay lover, and his name was uh, Larry Sinclair. And I got to thinking, right? It's got to be uh, fake or something. So I saw a video on YouTube by Reverend Archie Manning. And he had a little uh, segment he did on uh, President Obama and Larry Sinclair. 
And Delaris Sinclair was arrested by the Secret Service when he tried to do a press conference uh, about a year ago. When really? Obama was running a, Yeah. Very now, what that got to do with me? Well, I can tell you what this got to do with me. He gave me the necessary advice that I need to get some backbone to stand up against Arkansas politics. Because he tried to tell me I'm a convicted felon. Ain't nobody going to vote for me. And I'm trying to get a secretary, I mean, uh, lady at the secretary of state office. She tried to tell me that uh, it would be illegal and I'd be thrown in jail and all sort of nonsense. So give me your other your campaign plan. So besides honesty, what else will uh, will you be running on? What are your other issues? One of the things that's near and dear to my heart, guys, is helping our homeless veterans get off the street. This is most paramount is going to be in my campaign. What about the homeless that want to stay on the street? I mean, because some of them like it there. That is true. And since we're on that subject, you got those that are the naysayers that just want something for nothing and they ain't trying to do something for themselves. Mm -hmm. I was on the streets in 08, right? Uh, I was on a little program called Community Compassion. You can Google it. And I was off the street for a whole year in 08 until I had a little problem at work. I was working at Luby's Restaurant. And I was doing pretty good. And uh, I got fired and I was back out on the streets. But not very long, at least for four months, I uh, got into this uh, apartment place. Well, you know what? It's it's nice hearing from you, uh, John or Charles or Mr. Neely. Neely, yeah, Mm -hmm. Neely for uh, for Congress there in twenty ten. Number four. I have a video. I mean, not good, but YouTube. I have a video up in an hour. What's your What's your YouTube channel? Uh, it's Neely for Congress 2010. Neely for Congress 2010. There you go. Thanks the for the call, four. man. And, and let us know how the campaign's going, okay? Thanks for the call. More coming up. Free Talk Live. The highly anticipated new documentary, Reclaiming the Blade, featuring Viggo Mortensen, Carl Urban, John Rice davies and Star Wars legend Bob Anderson is now available at swordmovie.com. The number one movie on iTunes is now available on a two-disc set that includes hours of swordplay instructional videos, behind-the-scenes footage, exclusive interviews, and a documentary on the making of a real sword. Visit swordmovie.com today for your chance to win one of many real historical replica swords, as well as the wonderful Force FX lightsabers from Hasbro. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including our Facebook profile. You can go and become a fan over at facebook.freetalklive.com. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. The highly anticipated new documentary, Reclaiming the Blade, featuring Viggo Mortensen, Carl Urban, John Rhys-Davies, and Star Wars legend Bob Anderson is now available at swordmovie.com. The film includes hours of swordplay instructional videos, as well as behind-the-scenes video and exclusives. Pick up your copy today and discover uh, our heritage with the sword and the historical rights of free men. Visit swordmovie.com today for your chance to win one of many real historical replica swords and lightsabers. Swordmovie.com. Oh. Sorry. What was it? Sword swordmovie.com. All right. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Tony listening in Alabama. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tony. Hey. How you doing? Tony, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, uh, what's on my mind is, okay, I, I worked for uh, Pick and Save in Andalusia. I was a uh, meat clerk. And uh, when I came in, uh, they said I was hired, and they took me to the front of the store and uh, gave me a thumb scan. And I wasn't aware of what a thumb scan was until, you know, I saw Alex Jones refusing the, the thumb scan, and I looked into biometrics, and it is a digital thumbprint. 
kind of like, uh-huh. you know, I'm a Christian, and I came back to him, and I said, I would like that taken off. You know, I, is there a religious exception to this? And they said, if you don't like to be thumb scanned, you can be, I mean, you can leave. You know, basically, that's what they yeah, said. Yeah, it's their business. They get to set the rules. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but that, isn't that wrong? I mean, for is them to be able to take my digital thumb scan? No, I mean, you can send it, it to make it. Sense. Why would they need my thumb scan? Oh, well, you can, yeah, you I, can I don't. It. I agree that they don't need your thumb scan in order to, to employ you, but, uh, you know, they, they've <laughs> decided that that's what, uh, that what they, you know, want from their employees. What are they using the thumb scan for? Is it being used to, like, uh, clock in and out? I mean, what what is the intent? Basically, they said it's to clock in and out. And I said, well, is there any other way, you know, can I, can I use the punch card? Because I had the punch card system also bought. I was like, is, is that okay? Because I, I feel strongly about, you know, keeping, you know, my things private. And, and they completely refused that. And yeah. it really made me upset, you well, know, because it's their you know, business. My belief is I don't want, you know, I'm the mark of the beast, things like that. You well, know, I've become well really I don't know if I, I don't know if I think that's the mark of the beast. I mean, I'm not of the same religious beliefs yeah, that you are necessarily. To the mark of the beast. I'm just saying it's conditioning us to, be, you know, to uh, give them scans. It's it's a, pretty. Uh, what you know, you're talking about like the, there uh, is scans are put in airports. And right, everything. right. Yeah, I think that there are a lot of people that are real concerned with the the different things that grocery stores are doing. Is this was this a grocery store that that hired you? Yeah, it was a yeah. grocery store, and and that's the thing that blew my mind because uh, like you know. Um, why? Why would they? Um, you know, why would they need my thumb scan? Well, okay, let me run it by you. I've got, I've got an idea here as to, to why they might want your thumb scan. Uh, when you're dealing with hourly employees, uh, you tend to be dealing with people in many cases, not all of them, but in many cases, who are willing to take advantage of a system if they can figure out a way to take advantage of it. So, for instance, they might uh, get their buddies at the store to uh, you know help them out where to where they could leave they would have a little trade system where one day one of them leaves a half an hour early and asks their buddy to punch them out for them because in most cases you just have a you know some sort of uh, a punch code or whatever that you'd have to punch in to punch into the clock or some sort of something that anyone else can do for you as long as they know what the identifying information is so in order to prevent employees from engaging in fraud against the company which is what that is it's it's essentially stealing uh, from the company if you are not working and you're supposedly working and then one of your buddies goes and punches you out at the end of the day as though you are actually there working and then you do the same thing for your buddy uh, the next day he's working so you have this little trade-off thing this is not uncommon amongst hourly uh, hourly workers so basically oh, having the thumb scan that, having the thumb scan um, the heads that is, off is the punch card system and everything they have surveillance cameras in the store and it was a very small store you know it was a very it was a very small store and everything and you know the surveillance cameras that would see, you know, somebody doing committing fraud like that. I mean, you know, the monitor things like that. I just don't think the the thumb scan is, you know, like I just don't think it's appropriate. And I think that people should have a religious exception and be able to, you know, work without having a biometric, you know, thumbprint of of you. I mean, well, you get what I'm saying? I, here's my like recommendation. I get you. Here's my recommendation. Uh, and I understand where you're coming from on this one. Is yeah. uh, make yourself so valuable in the meat department that they can't possibly let you go and then come back, you know, get, take 6 months to do that to, to you know, come in early, you know, leave late, cl- be the best meat employee that they have there and then tell them that it is extremely important to you from a religious standpoint that this be eliminated and uh you know, Absolutely. Actually, I got a raise quicker than anybody 
has got a raise though. They actually told me that I worked I worked my butt off, right? So wait, you're still working there? I thought you uh, walked out. Uh, I, no, I didn't walk out that day. Oh. Okay. I started uh, just punching in and out on the uh, you know the punch card. And my phone said, just punch in your social security number and add two digits to it, and you don't have to use the thumbprint. You know, that was my, my manager. You know, he, he, he advised me about that because I, I consulted him about it, and he said, I don't want to lose you because of this. I said, well, you know, I don't want to have to, you know, have to walk out, you know, because of this. But, you know, it's, it's really, I, I don't believe in it. You know, I don't think it's appropriate. I'm not a criminal. I shouldn't be thumb scanned. So, wait, there was and, an alternative that allowed you to use um, eventually, they caught on that, you know, I wasn't thumb-scanned. I was putting in my social security number, which nobody knew, you know, right. into the system and just hitting enter. And sometimes it would let me, sometimes I asked for my thumb scan, and I would just, you know, I just refused it, and I just used the punch card. And I, and I would show the man that I called up there and say, look, you know, I'm punching in and out with the thumb card, you know. I mean, the, you know, the punch card. But anyway, and eventually, you know, after a while, uh, like the manager came in and said, if you're going to refuse the thumb scan, then you're fired. And I was one of the hardest workers there. I mean, uh, really. So he did that. Really, huh? I caught on so quick, which I had a job like that previous. And it just really upset me, you know. The, the, so you did lose have, the job. You know, they would, they would fire me for something like that. It, it was absolutely ridiculous. So wait, point of information. Did you leave the job or did you just continue thumb scanning? Uh I thumb scanned three times after that because, you know, the economy, I was scared, you know, of the downturn, sure, sure. you know, having to lose my apartment and everything. But eventually I felt that it was my moral duty and my Christian duty to refuse that, and I walked out. Well, good on you for doing what you feel was right. Uh, I, I can't say I disagree with you that it's a little disturbing that uh, that's, that uh, retailers are moving to this kind of you know, more invasive, more personally identifiable methods of punching in and out. I, I, I have to agree with you that I share some of your concerns. And But on the other hand, it, you know, it could be worse. I mean, you, it's probably not being implemented everywhere, but then again, maybe it will be. You know, maybe long term, all of the major uh, employers will move to some sort of thumb scanning technology in order for their employees to clock in or clock out. And because there won't be any other options. Uh, Food Giant, Pick and Save, and all these places, uh, they're they're implementing them. I actually um, am taking care of my grandma now because my grandpa passed. And uh, I went to, uh, you know, a Pick and Save off that's close by here. And I was like, well, maybe I'm good out here. You know, it's even a smaller, you know, grocery store. I live, you know, in southern Alabama around the Florida line. I go in there. And I was like, you know, you, they had you guys it too. don't have a thumb scan. I was like, hey, we will. I'll you be damned. Hey, Tony, thanks for the story. Appreciate hearing from you tonight at 800-259-9231. I'm sure the privacy advocates out there are pretty upset about this, but what do you do? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves and bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include live streams, broadband version of the show, a dial-up version, even a webcam, plus listen lines all available for you free at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Manchester Brewing, purveyors of tonsil polish and spandex removers since the Norman Conquest. Manchesterbrewing.com. 
All right, we continue uh, here. Before we continue with the phone calls, I just wanted to go a little further into the issue that Tony brought up, and that is that he's pretty concerned as somebody who's working a, a kind of a retail job, a hourly gig where he has to punch in and punch out, that they've instituted a, a thumb scanning technology in order to uh, assist with the thumb, uh, the punching in and punching out. So instead of punching in an employee number, which is what I used to do a decade ago when I was working at the Big K, uh, you would just put your thumb up and then you're punched in or punched out. And clearly it seems to me this is uh, intended to, to, I think, prevent fraud between employees. Of course, as Tony pointed out, they do have a camera apparently watching the employee area. So, But that doesn't mean that they um, are watching the camera and necessarily can – because this is, this is cost-cutting um, in the sense that they, an employee can't uh, you know, mimic another employee's thumbprint where they can mimic their ID number or whatever. I still remember my uh, roommate's prison ID from 10 years ago. So Yeah, you're right. It is yeah. – but they can also do uh, like cards, like a little badge that has your name on it. You and could, a I could leave it with them. Well, Pick yeah. it up from them at work. Yeah, you can't day. leave I your thumb so. with. You can't leave your thumb with uh, your. Co-worker. You can leave a thumb. <laughs> Only once. <laughs> uh, I can get you a thumb. Well, <laughs> it is a joke. But the point <laughs> That's is from uh, the Big Lebowski. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the point is. That you're right, Mark. It is about cost cutting because in order to use the cameras as the enforcement measure, you'd have to come to the conclusion that somebody or the the belief that somebody was scamming the system to um, to know who it was to review the tapes at the appropriate time. So the loss control department would have to get in uh, get involved in that, and you'd have to at least have suspicions that something was going on in the first place. Whereas if you've got the thumb scanning technology, you don't even have to worry about that stuff. You don't even have to think about it because it's very unlikely that the employees are going to find a way to scam uh, that particular technology. At least at this point in the game, it's probably just too new to where mm-hmm. hourly employees are going to be able to uh, to figure out ways around it. Although, who knows what the internet will come up with. Nonetheless, uh, despite all that, so me understanding where the business is coming from likely is a cost-cutting measure uh, loss, loss control, make sure the employees aren't stealing hours from the company. That all makes sense to me. But I also am, I also share the concerns that uh, that Tony has. I mean, I'm not a, a born-again Christian or something like that. He said he was a Christian and he thought this was, you know, the mark of the beast or whatever. No, he, uh, did, he said that it was like a precursor. Yeah, but it was it, it had that flavor to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that that he didn't want this as a as a Christian. So I don't necessarily have a religious objection to it. But, but I th- I, this is the thing, uh, you know, I, I find it does I have, seem invasive. I have both a problem with a religious um, objection and at the same time I think it should be used by people if they um, uh, if it's if it's expedient. Because where, um, you know, a philosophical objection isn't acceptable, a religious exep- exep- exception will be. So mm-hmm. if I think it's wrong, then it's not OK. But if somebody else told me it's wrong, it is OK. Um, yeah. So you silly. Know, it's silly but f- fine if 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 that's if it's you know because you believe in Jesus uh, you know gets you out of it that's fine as far well, as i'm concerned i mean luther mark do you guys think that uh, tony's is right about this that this is something to be concerned with or is it no big mm-hmm. deal uh i i can see how it can be used poorly if the government rolls in and says hey you know uh we need the thumbprints of your employees which they would turn over in a oh heartbeat. absolutely oh oh yeah here you go yeah. sure sure whatever you want 
Uh, yeah, that's kind of the disturbing. kind of thing that you know, uh, employ or businesses tend to do. You know, they just comply because of they course. just they just want to continue going about their business. And, and this is, but this is the question. And I, I see where you're coming from, and I I I share some concerns on that. But the yeah. question one has to ask here is, uh, would you trade your thumbprint for a million dollars, Tony? Probably the answer is yes. Well, mm. what difference is trading it for a million dollars and tr- trading it for eight dollars an hour or ten or whatever it is? Well, what difference indeed, but he would po- probably point out that either way, it's still a deal with the devil in, in his mind, that uh, for him it wasn't worth it. He decided that he didn't He did decide to-, to leave, but, yeah. you know, I, you know it, it's, the, it's the compensation is really what it's all about. There are very few people out there where it's not about the compensation. So you're saying that if uh, Tony were a bank executive, for instance, that were getting paid a much higher rate, that he might have been less likely to, uh, to say no? I'm just saying that, uh, you know, it, it's the amount of the money that, that matters to people. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think that's probably true for most people, but people that have very firm belief systems, I don't think it matters. I don't think the amount of money matters. I mean, if, if Tony them, is as religious as, uh, as he says he is, then the million-dollar offer should be turned down. Should be. And that would be the 30 pieces of silver, right? I mean, that would be the temptation for someone like Tony. 800-259-9231. We continue here. And still, I don't know what to do about this. I mean, yeah, these, are corpor- these are corporations. Uh, they're moving in this direction. And the only way you could somehow combat this would be to hopefully find one that isn't moving in this, in this direction or start your own company. But we all know that all the regulations make it very difficult to start your own company. And most people, like in Tony's position, aren't uh, you know financed well enough to start up their own grocery store. Otherwise, they'd do that. So you'd either have to get a movement of people together who were willing to uh, to not submit to this, a significantly sized movement, one in which you could actually have enough sway in the marketplace to uh, convince business owners to not install machines like this, which it seems that in a job market as we are in today, where there are plenty of job hunters out there uh, looking for, for the available work, it would seem that that would be very difficult, uh, a very difficult movement to get together. Because essentially you'd be asking people to cut off their options as far as where they can work in order to stand on this, you know, this idea that they shouldn't give up their thumbprint. But yet they still give up their uh, social security numbers, you know, they, 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 these unique numbers that are assigned to each individual by, uh, by the federal government. I mean, the idea that they've even allowed themselves to be assigned a social security number would seem to me to be a violation of the principle, this religious principle that Tony is supposedly operating under. Wouldn't it? Uh, it I, I couldn't, I don't disagree. Yeah. Uh, no, go on. I mean, we're talking <laughs> about giving up information to the government versus giving up information to uh, to private employers. I mean, if there is some sort of principle involved here that privacy is important and being identified by some monolithic uh, entity, some corporate faceless entity, is uh, is a bad thing, I'm just kind of speculating as to what the principle might be here, then you've already given up. You've already gone in. You've got your dr- government driver's license and whatever information you had to give up to get that. You had to give up a photo of yourself. Yeah, well, uh, uh, brown hair, brown eyes, that's biometric information. Your height, your weight. Your These birthday. are biometric information. That's biometric information. Right, so we're just talking about the next step, right? So, again, we're back to this conversation of where it's the obedience of the American people that have led it to get to this point. If people hadn't been so obedient and willing to, uh, to roll over and give up their information to these government agencies over time, then it might not have been as easy to implement something like this. Yeah, and it's a part of it is because they just do it a little bit at a time. That's true. Know? Oh, it's just this one thing. But this what, is an what, employer what, what thing. Hurt, I mean, you know. 
this is an employer issue as, uh, as more so than it is a government issue. We're speculating the government might come in and, and demand that information from the employer, right. and likely the employer would give it up. But, I mean, you know, what, what kind of level of, of uh, you know, personal information can the employer expect from an employee? Could I say, well, a very important identification factor is what my face looks like. People are very good at identifying other mm-hmm. people's faces and, um, you know, the way your face looks. Should I be able to demand from my, uh, you know, business, you know, the place where I work, that I be able to wear a mask? Well, on, on uh, duty, I wear your burqa. I mean, I mean come on. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I find it less objectionable when a business owner is asking for these things than the government. But right, I share. Yeah, you have a concern. choice to quit. That's true. As long as that those are your choices, as long right. as not every business owner has uh, has decided to uh, to apply these same things. But even if that were the case, it's still a business owner, and I don't. It doesn't bother me as much. Like I don't. It, I'm not bugged by Walmart monitoring me with closed circuit television because well, they're just doing that to make sure I'm not stealing things and you know to to deal with loss control, and they're not trying to catch me. Uh, you know, smoking pot, for instance. I mean, <laughs> obviously, I wouldn't do that in a Walmart store, but. They're not after me for things that have not harmed others. They're just trying to prevent harm from being done. So I have no problems with that. There's more coming up. You can bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. You like the show. You want to help support Free Talk Live. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. we got banners and flyers and things like that that you can use to uh, help Free Talk Live uh, get into more ears around the world. Promote.freetalklive.com. Check out the Low Country Liberty Report, liberty-minded news for liberty-minded folk. This uh, Ridleyographer is based out of Savannah, Georgia, and currently is doing a series where he is interviewing all the Ladies of Liberty Alliance calendar girls. You can find these lovely Lola ladies and their interviews (laughs) in our very own Free Talk Live Shrine of Female listeners. You can find all the rest of his stories at lclreport.com and sometimes even on the uh, new FTL website. Feel free to vote up his stories if you like them on the new FTL website at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231 as we continue here uh, with your phone calls about whatever you want. Nick is in South Dakota. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nick. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, Just a couple of things, and I actually took notes at your uh, request because I don't want to lose my train of thought. (laughs) Good idea. Um, (laughs) um, It's interesting. I was watching the news last night, and the school district in my area was talking about I don't know, some food contamination around the country or whatever. And um, the school nutrition director was a very large person. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to the government. Yep. <laughs> so that, that, that's just a quick point on that. But the other thing that I wanted to talk about was I had called a couple of weeks ago about abortion. Yeah, okay. And just um, I, I think I pretty much get your guys' points and everything like that, but there was one thing that uh, Ian had said that um, having sex does not create the obligation to go through with pregnancy. Does that sound about right, Ian? Yeah, I, I would say that's uh, that's true. Okay. Does driving fast on a highway create an obligation to somebody if you get into a car accident? Uh, no, I would say that the accident creates uh, an obligation. You can drive fast and be safe. 
oh, okay, just like you can have sex and not get pregnant. Yeah. But if an a, but if a, a negative situation occurs from that, you are not obligated to that person because you are driving recklessly. Uh, is pregnancy necessarily a negative uh, reaction? I think that uh, well, it's, it's clear it to me. depends on if you don't want the baby, I suppose. Okay. It's clear to me that uh, um, you that if you drive faster, you're more likely to get into if you above, above a certain amount. I think that you should keep up with traffic. But if you're you know if you're going a certain amount above what the the normal rate of speed, what whatever the optimal rate of speed for that area is, is that you're more likely to get into an accident than less. And if you don't think that's true, try going 200 miles an hour down the road. And I think see, that's absolutely true. Right, and then you'll find out that it's more likely you'll get into an accident. If you have Not, sex a whole bunch of times, it's more likely that you're going to have sure. a baby yep. or they're going to get more somebody pregnant. Do it. The more likely that you're going to have get somebody pregnant. Maybe I'm missing your point. Can you? My, kind of... my point would be is if you think that having sex does not create the obligation, doesn't that person driving recklessly cause the ob- or create the ob- or whatever, however you want to phrase that? But doesn't that person become sort of liable to make whole the other person that they hurt? Right. There's two. Po- okay. I, so let me see if I'm understanding you. You're saying that in the automotive uh, example, you've got two parties. One party uh, is receiving damage, the other is making that person whole. Who is the damaged party in the pregnancy? Uh, let's just say the mother is, if, they, if she chooses to not murder the child. How is she the damaged party? Or Because now she's going to be liable for a, or she's going to have to raise a child by herself. Presumably you don't want to be a part of that child's life or even support it financially, but you entered into that the same as the mother did. And she chose not to murder the child. You are making an interesting point. I uh, I don't know how how do you guys feel about that. I think that um, you know there's there, there's a lot of good arguments on this, but in, in the same way, I think that uh, I think men using the, the example you used here uh, really shows uh, you know how the disadvantage that men have in this scenario, and the fact is, you know, it, what if it was turned around? What if I want the mother to keep the child and she doesn't want to? Then are you the damaged party? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> right, these, right. See, these that, these uh, poor ladies. They they have to raise these kids on their own. I mean, no. What about me? That forty nine percent at the you know fifty percent of that kid is mine. Yeah. It's it's not uncommon for uh, 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 well, it's happened before at least that a woman you know will, will get herself pregnant. She'll stop taking her pill, whatever, to try to keep a guy. Yeah, and how are you going to know? I mean, how are you yeah. going to be? Pro- how, you can, how can you prove that after the fact? Wow, this gets more complicated than I anticipated. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a complicated <laughs> issue. I, Certainly, I, I have to still kind of fall on my old uh, perspective, and that is that uh, if if it's the woman that's bearing the child, then it's her responsibility to uh, to handle it, and hopefully she's made the responsible choice of picking a partner who's going to continue being responsible and and uh, and caring about her on into the future, and they're not just in it for sex. And I'm going to continue to say, to say that if women can have abortions um, up until the middle of the second trimester, then men should be able to go to the courthouse and register as you know not liable for that child up until the second uh, trimester, as long as we're going to have a fair and equal country. Thanks, go. Nick, for the call. Appreciate hearing from hey, you well. at 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Steve in Florida. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Luther and Mark. Okay, I know I'm right up against the clock. This is just a real quick little story my wife and I were talking about. Uh, tonight, we have a friend who, a long time ago, maybe about 10 years ago or so in Seattle, he was walking down the street carrying a, a guitar. We're all musicians, right? 
Okay. He's walking down the street carrying a guitar, and the cop stops him randomly and asks him if he had a receipt for the guitar. Hmm. And despite the fact that he'd had the guitar for about 10 years, yeah, actually he did. He had the, re- the receipt for the guitar showed to the cop wow. and just wondered, wondered hmm. aloud what would have happened if he didn't. Now, I've walked down the street carrying guitars. I have 11 guitars here, and only one of which I know where the receipt is. So what he do you just happened to have the receipt on him? Just, <laughs> Was it in the guitar case? To have it. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Just He just threw in the guitar case when he bought the instrument. And just kept it in there and never pulled it out. Uh, I'm a musician myself, and I don't have receipts for any of my instruments. I do have one for my uh, uh, amplifier, but uh, none of my instruments. What would have happened? Me too. I know. That's what I'm wondering. What would have happened? And how crazy is that? You know, and, and, totally who, and how is he obligated <laughs> to show the cop a receipt? He's not obligated any more than anybody else is obligated to. to I mean, if a woman with a baby carriage uh, goes down the street, can the cop ask her if she's got a receipt for it? It's ludicrous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what, what he's doing is he's going after a subsegment of, of the, the culture, which is less likely to hire uh, attorneys, less likely to be wealthy, and more likely to do drugs. He's hassling right. people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. I just thought I'd throw that out there and see what you guys made of that. Yeah, I would hope that uh, maybe the next time uh, your friend is approached by a police officer on the street, he would ignore the cop's questions and continue going about his business. Most people don't realize that. They don't understand what the different types of uh, police contact are, and that one is called a contact. Uh, it's, uh, it's, It's where the police officer, you're both on on foot. Or you're both on, uh, you know, I guess a bicycle, you can be contacted there too. But uh, if you're not in a car and you're not in your home, then the cops are just coming up and they're fishing around for information. Uh, the, the purpose of them talking to you is to get you to admit to something that they can charge you uh, with a crime. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and the same rules apply even if you are pulled over. Obviously, if you're pulled over, then it's probably a bad idea to run from the cops. But if you're just on the uh, the street, you probably shouldn't run still. But you can just keep walking. If a cop says something to you, hey, I need to see a receipt for that guitar. Oh, uh, well, you know, what, obliga- what obligation do I have? I've got things to do. Thank you. Bye. Or you can just ignore them completely and uh, and keep walking. Now, that won't necessarily stop them from uh, you know physically stopping and detaining you on some trumped-up probable cause or reasonable no, no, it'll suspicion. It'll probably perk up their ears, and they'll think, oh, he's, he's not giving in to my demands. He's probably hiding something and go, go after Right, me. yeah. Like that, that fact alone creates the, uh, uh, creates the suspicion in their mind. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but they not, were already suspicious of you. That's why they were questioning you in the first place. And yeah, you right. have Complying to be careful. is even more suspicious, though. But if you yeah. if you reply, then you may get into a, a situation where you get a charge uh, levied against you that you otherwise wouldn't have had you not opened your mouth. Yeah, yeah. The best advice I could give is d- don't talk. You know, don't don't uh-huh. answer any other questions any more than you have to. Well, you know this because well, you, you had an incident. Absolutely, yeah. It happened to me. I I got in an accident and the cop. I had to fill out a report because it was uh in a work car. Uh, the cop came. We were just chatting. He was trying to calm me down. Later on, I get arrested for something, and he's called in to uh, testify against me over this just – it seemed like a meaningless conversation we were having. So I, I learned that day that you, you absolutely cannot trust cops. I mean, I already knew that, but it just really reinforced it for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? Thanks for the story tonight, Steve. Appreciate hearing from right. you. Let's talk briefly to Tom in New York. Tom, uh, you got the last 20 seconds. Yeah, hi. Can you hear me all yes, right? Yes, Tom. Yep. Go for it. Oh, great, great. Uh, it's my first time calling. I've been listening to Alex for about a year, pretty faithfully. You got ten seconds now, Tom. And I was, and and he, uh, I was banned from the Prison Planet forum for for no for no reason. 
I wanted to plug this, a. This a, isn't a that show, so I have no. I got nothing to say to you. The Free Talk Live forum doesn't really ban people unless they're yeah. spammers. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com. Yeah, I, I, I have no reason why, you know. I don't know either, man. It's not my show, so I don't know what to tell you. Thanks for the call tonight. We're out of time. It's been Ian here with you. And Luther. And Mark. Uh, we still have the Arpaio story. We didn't get to it tonight, so I'll mark that. And whether Luther's here or not, hopefully we'll get a chance to, uh, to cover it at some point. All right. Sure. See you tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com. All right. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.